The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hasman. Drop your shoes at the door. Hat, coat on the coat rack. We got the table over here with a food spread. You're more than welcome to grab a carrot if you want from the veggie platter. But come on in here to the living room, sitting fireside by us, talking pro wrestling today. It's our good friend from comicbook.com. It is Connor Casey. Connor, thank you for uh, stopping by House of Wrestling today. What's going on, Nick? Guys, I promoted it on Twitter, and I never lie. Got the shield. We got, the- we got cap in the house, baby. Captain America shield here. We were talking just before the show. Uh, big change to Captain America. No longer Captain America, new world order. It is Captain America, brave new world. You can check out the announcement over on comic book. Uh, I'm bummed. Like, like there were so many jokes to make out of cap joining the NWO that yeah. to, to lose that opportunity. I'm, I'm very disappointed, Nick. Well, and is RoboCop canon? Is he is he part of any universe or no? Is he just a random? Because I thought he has a I thought he was a comic so book character. He is a random. He do, he has had quite a few comics over the years. I want to say Marvel published a few of them, but it's you're not going to see him just rock up on the on a on a set. Okay, God, all right. I didn't know. I, that's the only real other superhero, I guess. Maybe a Mel, but he wasn't the Green Arrow when he was a. Uh when he was in WWE. So no, whatever. RoboCop was RoboCop. This is dumb. Hey, we got a great show to get to here today. And if you're watching us right here live in Technicolor, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon Eastern, that means you're catching us on Premiere Streaming Network. Go over to watchonpremiere.com. Sign up for Premiere Plus to get us and all the great content at Premiere Streaming Network. They got the big wrestling showcase coming up. There's a whole bunch of new podcasts. We share space with Rob Van Dam and Bobby Fish. Go check all that over at Premiere Streaming Network. Watch on Premiere.com. And wait, I should have pulled up my intro. Also, HouseOfWrestling.com. H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Go check out that website. Everything we're about to talk about here on today's show is has been written about by me on the website. I break down news every day over at HouseOfWrestling.com. Check that out. Uh, And on that, I'll be providing a bunch of content on the site and in our podcast feed later this month. It's it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, Connor. I'm going mm-hmm. to London. I got approved for money in the bank. Am I going to see you there or no? No, no, I will not be making that trip. Uh, I will, we'll try for for all in. But as far as money in the bank goes, nah, not that one. Okay, got it. It's, I, Steve Fall. It's like me and Steve Fall right now, as far as I can tell. I am probably inside the ropes. I'll, I'll probably. Oh, I mean, all the all the lads from over there. You know, your cultaholics, your Russell talks. They'll they'll all have lots of fun with that one. But no, you'll probably see me in Detroit though. Okay, the lads. Oh, Clockwork Orange. We're all gonna be walking around with our sticks and our white cod pieces. I think, the Dro- I think they call them the Droogs in that one. That's a that's a fun movie. Not for kids though. I thought they were the lads, right? Isn't that the lads go out and they beat people up? Is that how the movie starts? Or am I wrong? Oh, that is. I don't know if he calls them that though, because I think it was a weird like Russian thing. Anyway, not <laughs> okay. A- okay, okay, okay. Fine. That's it's. You know what? It's gonna make me watch Clockwork Orange, and I'm gonna have nightmares again. Uh, lastly, here. Go to the House of Wrestling podcast feed like I just promoted. We have two great conversations that have dropped since the last House of Wrestling episode. Yesterday, I chatted with Adrian Gomez. He's the promoter for Middle Kingdom Wrestling. 
which is a promotion in China. And if you are like a political nerd like me or geopolitics nerd like me, finding out how does an American art form like pro wrestling take heed in a place like China? Uh, a fantastic conversation. I love it. Please go check it out. And on Friday, somebody you're probably all a little bit more familiar with, WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Von Erich gave me a little bit of his time. We talk about the Iron Claw movie. Uh, we talk about MJF. We talk about his new upcoming tour. We talk about a lot of things. So go check it out. House of Wrestling podcast feed. Me, Kevin Von Erich, Adrian Gomez. Subscribe, rate, review, all those wonderful things. Let's get to the news. We're going to start with the AEW block here. We got a big WWE block to get to here later as well. But AEW World, we're going to start here with CM Punk. I don't know, Connor, did you see the Instagram story that Punk put out with Billy Madison where he's hitting everybody with the dodgeballs, and he says, now you're all in big, big trouble. Did that come across as playful or mean-spirited to you? How did you interpret the punk story? I, I took it as playful. The, between that, the, the Dark Knight Returns post, the I've seen things you wouldn't believe from Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he's, he's just hamming it up at this point, which yeah. goofy hamming it up punk, as you probably know, uh, is a lot more fun. Then grumpy old, I work with children and I'm eating my muffin punk. I don't know. I kind of like angry punk. I'm not going to lie, right? There's That's a real energy. It's great, for, it's great for us. There's a real energy but. in the room when he goes that way. But I agree. This seems lighthearted. It seems like he's getting ready for a fun run uh, back with a uh, AEW. And one name outside of Samoa Joe, which we've all talked about recently, he wants to work with. Uh, Fightful put out a note uh, this past week saying that he's interested in working with Switchblade Jay White. Uh, what do you think about those two possibly mixing it up in an AEW ring? I love it. I When Jay jumped up to AEW, I was like, this dude can be your main event pay-per-view guy for the next 10 years if you let him. I absolutely love what he was doing those last few years in New Japan. And the idea of him working with Punk is just such an elevation from what he's doing right now. I get like, hey... Kenny and Mox and that whole group is busy doing their own thing right now. And Jay kind of needs to spin his wheels for a minute and just still be on the show, but not be in that main event, semi-main event spot. Punk puts you in that location. So yeah. I'm, I'm more than good with that. And it, it is interesting with Jay because they signed him and he was a big get, right? Because obviously it sounds like it, there was talk WWE wanted him as well. But like a lot of guys in AEW, they're like, oh, we have him. We've got him. We got to get him into the mix. We'll figure it out later, right? And it is a blessing for Jay here if Punk has taken a shining to him because it sounds like uh, based off this reporting we're getting here from The Observer, uh, Punk and A Steel are going to have a lot of say in the creative for Collision. So if you're if you've got somebody like Punk's ear right now and he wants to work with you, that that's going to be good for you. It's and especially if you've got talent like Jay White, right? And Jay's in a weird spot where AEW is kind of crowded in the in the heel category of okay, circle this guy and who's your heel world champion for the next five years. I can name you enough people, and, and Jay kind of has to force himself into that conversation. So bumping shoulders with a guy like Punk can't go wrong. Well, and one of the things I like about the Punk Jay White dynamic dynamic is that. In, like, an ideal world, I feel like Punk would have been in Bullet Club, right? Like, if he wasn't so just jaded to the business and pissed and wrapped up in lawsuits and courtroom stuff coming out of WWE, he seems like the kind of perfect guy to go counterculture, jump to Japan, and be like a, like an AJ Styles type, where it's like you lead him for a while or a faction gets started around yeah. you or something. He's such a big personality that for him to take over Bullet Club is to change that entire group's identity. 
But they've you, done you, that like you, eight times. And, and you're right. But you see what they're <laughs> doing right now. It's like, okay, you definitely couldn't have had Jay and him at the same time. Right. And you certainly couldn't be doing what they're trying to do now with this. Yeah. I, you know, props to them for trying something new. I, I'm not thrilled with what the group's current makeup is. I feel like Kenta should be playing a much bigger role. And he's not. That, just, right. that angers me. But, you know, a punk in a Bullet Club shirt, that's an excuse to print money. Now I'm completely in the in the wilderness here as far as the Bullet Club hierarchy at the moment because I don't watch a lot of New Japan. Do you? Are you? Do you? Can you explain to me how Bullet so, Club is currently assembled? So it's Finley is the leader. Okay, and he has kind of taken on a. Do you ever see the Young Pope with Jude Law <laughs> on HBO? I, I saw the poster for it. I've never had the. the it's time. it's it's a weird show, but he basically starts off the whole thing with like, I want to make the Catholic Church secret and exclusive and mean again and he and finley basically takes that same approach where he's just like if i don't say you're in bullet club you're not in bullet club that's a shot at the guys in impact and a shot at the guys in aew and then he's like also i'm gonna betray anybody before they get a chance to betray me because that's what seems to happen to every leader whoever runs this thing and if you're not a killer and you're not trying to win gold you don't get to be in the group either so it's like they're taking them they're definitely throwing them much more into the heel side with him as the leader. If you look at the lineup, you kind of go, eh, it's kind of the kind of the JV team right now, but maybe they can change that. Is, is so are they all bullet club gold? Is there no it's there's no there's... like go like Jay and Juice, basically the rest of the bullet club is like you guys aren't really a part of it and no one and but they're all just too polite to say it. So <laughs> like Jay really Jay and Robinson are just kind of doing their own thing right now. Okay, okay. So they are like uh they're they're like in the box, out of the box. They're Schrodinger's Bullet Club, right? They're both yeah, Bullet Club and not Bullet Club at the same time. Yeah. Uh Bay and Ace over an impact are more bullet club than they are. Wow, what a time. And yeah. so so this bullet club gold here, that's 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 what we're getting, but they're not really bullet club, and Finley's leading the other bullet club with, with Kenta. He's in it. Kent is in it. Um, they got a bunch of like the New Japan Dojo guys are in it now. Oh, if you man. check the Dominion results, a few of them are in it or joined it this past weekend. Oh, man. Um, they, I kind of feel they, like I'd jump over join the Bullet Club Gold. Seems like you get more TV time, right? You get more, yeah, it's more fun. I mean, the Bang Bang <laughs> Gang just is more fun to say. Yeah. Okay, great. Cool. Thank you for, for walking me through that right now because I've been a little confused about what is going on. And that's kind of a thing that I feel like with AEW that is – a little tough sometimes is like if you're not a really smart fan you're not a hundred percent i think getting out everything out of the show that other fans are getting when you watch aew i don't know if that resonates no it does and it goes back to the days of if you weren't watching being the elite you had no idea what was happening on half the show right but at this but then at the same time it's like that's where they grew their fan base so it's a chicken and the egg situation where it's like if you're eternally online you're probably an aew fan <laughs> But you need to grow beyond that, so it's it's a mess. If you've got a wife and kids, you're probably at SmackDown in Hartford. Eh, we'll, chance for that. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Um, well, back to Punk uh, and Collision here. So we noted uh, the Observer saying Punk and Steel are going to be heavily involved in Collision Creative, especially in what Punk is doing. The show's going to be centered around Punk. So uh, it, it is interesting to me, Steel, that uh, still that Ace Steel will physically not be there. So I don't know what the dynamic. I don't know who's going to be back there that doesn't want Ace there or what's going on with it. But regardless, it sounds like those are the people to have the ear of them, Danielson, right now, because that's who the show's going to be built around. Yeah, and the match that everybody wants to see, I'm still on the outs of whether or not it's actually going to happen. 
because everybody the moment Punk comes back, everybody wants him and Kenny and him and FTR versus the Elite. If we're never getting those matches, the, the people are going to turn on this pretty quickly. I think Kenny, I think Kenny Punk maybe, but I think it would oh god, it's such a days of our lives situation, right? Like I don't think Kenny's against it. And I don't I haven't talked to anybody from Kenny's camp, but just the vibe I get from other people I've talked to around it. I don't get the vibe that Kenny's really he doesn't care. He'd probably make money with Punk, but it would like be a betrayal of the Bucks, who really seem to be the ones really at odds here with Punk over the situation. So again, we got six months on the clock here, Connor. Come the end of the year, I, if this thing hasn't been resolved, I think some people are leaving. I, I think we'll we'll have an answer by all in. Because that's that's where all of this money is being made, and if they're not willing to swallow their pride for that, I don't think by full gear it's going to matter. Now wait, all in in London—that's on a Saturday, right? Correct. Is that going to be a collision? Is that like an episode of Collision, or, or is that no? I I don't, and I don't think Tony has explained this fully of what happens when you have a Saturday pay per view because he's already said that you won't, he won't run against the NFL which typically is Sunday, which is a problem when you get to full gear, typically being in November, which is why I think they haven't even announced a date yet. I, and I know that for Collision, they will tape some episodes on Thursdays. So okay. if anything, that will just be, they will just run head to head like that. But then you're basically killing your Collision audience. What little of it there will be, because why would anybody watch a tape version of that when the pay-per-view's on? I don't know. The tape version thing is weird, and I've also heard that they could push, uh, they could push Collision earlier, right, and use it more, use it more as a lead-in show for for the pay-per-views on Saturdays, it, you know, which also kind of, you know, doesn't give it the same vibe as like a a live, you know, prominent featured spot like Dynamite does each week. But that's what that's that's the game they're going to have to play on Saturday nights. There's going to be there's going to be concessions involved here. Although, if the Collision, if Collision served as your buy-in. And there's no pre-show, and that episode effectively was that, and it was in the arena with that crowd. That's not the worst sales pitch I've heard. No, no, I think I don't think it's terrible. It's just you know, again on a Saturday, then you got to go back to. Are you going to start at five, you know six six p.m. Eastern, watching two hours of Collision, maybe buy-in stuff before watching another five and a half hours of Tony Khan's Fever Dream? Uh, you know, like it's just a lot of content. I mean. One of the things I've been hearing a lot from some of the veterans I've been speaking to recently is pro wrestling on Saturday nights was a part of your night. It mm. wasn't the whole night, right? Like you'd go, you'd watch two hours, or you'd, you'd take your, your girl out, you'd watch two hours of wrestling, then you guys would have dinner afterwards, or you'd, you'd stay at home and you'd watch it, you'd, you'd make a meal, and then you'd go hang out with some friends. It's not supposed to be the whole night. It's just supposed to be a part of the night. When you're making these kind of seven-hour extravaganzas expecting people to just spend their whole evening with you it's, it's much more different it's a it's a harder bargain you know see that's why i i still wonder if the whole 605 time slot was legitimately talked about as opposed to just being a nostalgia thing where if it's at that time i'm, I'm central time so that's five o'clock and that's on a saturday night it's like i'm not doing anything for the next two hours that's fine but the fact that it's starting you know in prime time on saturdays that's like you said, that that's investing your evening. Yeah, and and you know it is. It's the summer here in Chicago. I only get like 
four days of good weather here a year. And uh, I spend them at street festivals, and there are a lot of them. I was at the wonderful uh, Lincoln Park Greek Festival this past weekend. Opa to my Greek friends, you were wonderful. Um, and and that's that's the thing is it's seven o'clock. I'm checking out some alt rock band on the street. You know, it'll be different in the winter, right? But you're launching this thing in a, in like the hardest time of the year to get people to sit at their homes on a Saturday and watch TV. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I I. Like we've all just kind of resigned to the fact that Rampage will have terrible views because it's that late into a Friday night. I wonder where I I legitimately wonder where six weeks we will be with the Collision audience. I I'm interested. You know, it's just going to take a while to find the groove here, right? Because I I've heard that the Rampage show is just going to be a floater, right? It's just something they want on TNT to be able to play before or after a game if they need something that you know just to bump it to make it feel special. You know they. Yeah. They like the idea of this one-hour floating piece of content that's – honestly, like, the cards for Rampage recently have been fire. Like, if you actually are watching that show, it's pretty pretty good little hour television I, right I still need to go check out that Shibata match from last weekend. I missed that one. Dude, it's bad. You got El Vikingo, Heo Vikingo over there, man. There's some good stuff. Um, well, lastly here in our, our CM Punk block, we got a little bit more with AEW. Um, we are uh, going to find out the main event of the first episode of Collision on Dynamite because uh, for the fourth week in a row, Tony Khan will be making a Collision-based announcement. It, do you are, now? Before we get to this, is it funny? Are you getting burned out? Do you think it's a distraction? Four weeks of, of Tony Khan's going to make an announcement. How do you feel about it? So it was funny when it started. When when the whole Tony Khan is making a major announcement this week. For the first, I'd say, year of them doing that. It was funny. We, we could make jokes. The, it stopped being funny. And now it's just... How about you just announce it on the show? Why throw up the graphic? Why not just have them pop up? Like, I was one of the few people that actually watched Impact when Shivani and Tony were popping up each week. He was great in those. The poor guy is just not equipped for talking to the camera for 30 solid seconds <laughs> there's just an awkwardness to it someone does i want someone once described it as a hostage video like these <laughs> these don't look quite right so just you can just announce it you can just play a little promo package here's like, the thing when, is here when he when the when they, they turn the camera light on he goes like this all right <laughs> watch for it i've noticed like it's a thing where he's he's rested and then he goes like this. And I think that's what gives the hostage effect where it's like, you know, you're not ready for the bright lights. You know, he, he changes the way his face looks. So anyway, um, outside of that, the announcement here, uh, you know, again, you could have done this a little differently. Maybe an AEW star is going to come out and call CM Punk out for their first episode of Collision. If CM Punk is not involved in this main event announcement that Tony Khan is making, I don't know why we're even doing it. <laughs> you know? No, and I, I keep waiting for Punk to just stroll out and be like, hey, you keep talking about me. Here I am. Like, <laughs> I, I get we want to save his first match for Collision, but, like, have him cut a promo. Like, that's that's where the money's made with him. And for this one, it's like, I kind of want Joe to interrupt Tony and be like, there's no announcement. I'm making the challenge because then we can at least break from the norm. I, I got to think that. I would think that Punk probably would have preferred they just run the story back like they did for his debut, where they don't announce him, they don't announce a match, they just you, you have you, United, you, you know he's going to be you there. Would say, you say that, but you got to imagine that the tickets for that first episode, thing, it was helped by Punk's announcement. Like I, I checked WrestleTix earlier, like there, was, there's proof of that. There's there's a there's a little bump there, sure. 
for sure. I think you'd have seen it anyway at the last second, but it, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, it's still moving better, I think, than Double or Nothing, right? Yes. Oh, God, that was – they were at half at one right. point of their la- – like, they they still got over the 10K at some point, and I don't – I'm not going to question how that happened, but, but – Think about that. All the creative juice of the entire roster combined did not move as many tickets <laughs> – for a pay-per-view, as the idea that CM Punk could be returning to the company. With Double or Nothing, I blame that on just there was so much else being announced throughout the summer that that show became an afterthought by accident. I agree. I And, you know, I think the main event picture was just off. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, I've seen the reports that Max was pretty heavy-handed in the, in the booking of that, and I believe it. I've heard that Max is very involved in his creative these days at AEW. I just think there was not a governor in that situation, and the whole thing was just like a kind of you know, I said this to my friend the other day. AEW, and this is going to make this sound really, really cool, okay? AEW is the punk rock of pro wrestling at the moment, right? You, WWE, very much the cold play, all right? Maybe maybe a killers, okay? Maybe. Oh, do killers. not insult the killers like okay. that. Come on. Okay, verve pipe if we want to go 90s, all right? But uh, they're, 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 they're a clean, slick, produced band. AEW, somebody might show up all geeked out and hit somebody and throw some bottles around and the the tour manager may be off, you know, uh, blowing, you know, getting blow or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a much grittier vibe over at AW. And you, again, you go to a punk rock show sometimes it's not necessarily the music you're there for. Sometimes it's just the chaos and the vibe and the ambiance. And I think some mm-hmm. people just love that, you know? Now, though I do think it was funny how, Leading up to the Double or Nothing main event, you had all the other challengers in interviews. Darby, like, I talked to him about it, and he was like, yeah, we don't like the whole four pillars thing. And that was how they based the whole match. Dude, you had him out. You had Jack Perry out there like, I don't really like cutting promos. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, you could be world champion in a month. I bet you're not. Because and Sammy's like, that. I announced my pregnancy. No one likes you, Sammy. I no keep way. asking, is Sammy a baby now? And they're like, yeah, I they guess. Keep he's trying, and it's it's not working. It's because he's a natural dick, and I mean that in the nicest way, but there's a certain little arrogance there that's just very unlikable with Sammy. And I like Sammy. Yeah, a good guy in real life. Just... Very nice gentleman. Goes yeah. out there, a little cocky. A little bit. Uh, um, before we get to WWE, uh, there was a impromptu press conference earlier today held by New Japan where two – Forbidden Door matches were made official. These will be the headlining matches, I'm guessing, for the show. Uh, first of all, Will Ospreay is going to get his rematch against Kenny Omega for the IWGP US title. But the bigger, more exciting match, in my opinion, Kazuchika Okada accepted Brian Danielson's challenge. If you saw it at Dominion, Danielson put out this man-in-the-mountains, stoic promo, calling out Okada. I mean, literally everything you would want from a Brian Danielson calling out Okada promo. I am so on the hook, man. They just reel me onto the boat now. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I have Okada bucks on my desk, <laughs> throwing them down. One. There we go. How you feel about this? How you feel about these matches, Connor? Oh man, I when Osprey Omega happened at Wrestle Kingdom, I had it. It was like this is number one with a bullet match of the year until further notice, and it's still probably my pick. Like there are a few that I've seen live and a few that I've seen on TV have since gotten into that conversation. But if you, if gun to my head, you ask me right now, it's probably still my favorite match of the year. So that they're running it. The fact that they're running it back, I'm all for it. And so soon, the last time I checked, these guys had a singles match was like 2015. Yeah. And like they, PWG. They, did not, 
they didn't touch. And then even when they, even when Will jumped over to AEW for a little bit, and then they're like, okay, let's run this at Wrestle Kingdom. Kenny showing up in the Sephiroth getup, which is Final Fantasy VII heads out there. That's that's all for you. Um, Will came back to his old music. They just clobbered each other. It was Kenny's first real singles match since the injuries. And then to run it back, I'm just like, absolutely, let's do it. Because they're, they're telling a story with Will where he they, they the, there's a litany of reasons why his world title run was fumbled. And a lot of those aren't his fault. But this is how you build him back up as a program like this. So I'm all for that. And as for Danielson versus Okada, it, it, it's there, there's there's nothing need nothing more needs to be said. Just put them on the marquee. They don't need to touch. They don't need to get in the ring. The rest of the BCC does not need to get involved. We're sold. It, it's the easiest sell in the world for that. Mm-hmm. Like and nothing, love- nothing oh, short of Omega Okada five would have worked as well as this. It's great because if you watch the way Omega accepted it, there's a kind of smugness where it is very much a gentleman's agreement where he's like, we will find out who is the best in the world. And it's just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you don't need him coming out being like, you piece of shit, your mom's fat. Like, you don't need any of that, you know? Just straight up, these guys are going to go in there. I'm so on the hook. I'm so excited for this. Uh, and I'm going to throw out there, by the way, before we get to it, I was going to say it for the end of the show. I hit up Waiting and John Pollock. Uh, they're going to be, we're going to do a post wrestling week leading into Forbidden Door the week before uh, Forbidden Door 2 here on House of Wrestling. We'll have one of them on Tuesday, one on Thursday. So get ready for that. I'm very excited to welcome those guys on, bring the Toronto scene here to the show ahead in Forbidden Door. Um, all right. Let's talk about WWE. Man, big story here in the last, uh, not even 24, 12 hours. Vince McMahon, Vince Kenny McMahon was back. Backstage at Monday Night Raw, PW Insider was the first to report this. They said he was making changes, but he was not in Gorilla, which is different than what Fightful said. They said he was there. He had an office set up earlier in the day, but he was in Gorilla making changes throughout the show. But both reports noted it was uh, much less hectic and stressful than the Raw after Mania, because at this point, everybody kind of expected Vince to be back in the fold at some point. So... There you go. Schrodinger's Vince in and out of Gorilla at the same time. Isn't that funny? If I had a towel, I would throw it in. Guys, I, I, I give up. I, I'm done holding out hope. Vince is back. Whether he's in Gorilla, out of Gorilla, at home, texting Triple H, he's calling the shots again, guys. Like There are little things that Triple H might be able to sneak through, like in the black and gold NXT days. But Vince is, the, is back to being the one in control he can say he's not he can say he's not in the weeds i saw tweets yesterday where people were saying he's frolicking in the weeds now and i'm fine and it's i've come to terms with it i don't like it i'm not happy about it i wish there were consequences to the things he was accused of last year beyond just paying about a few million dollars but this is where we're at and this is the reality we got to deal with now and and see that's the thing you know i i see a lot of people they go on their social media and they say, oh, Vince is back. Cue the fake outrage about Vince being back. Because there's, there's this, this is like, I don't, I don't, man. I don't, it, it's because I'm very heavy handed when I call Vin, compare Vince to Harvey Weinstein. But it is like knowing what Harvey Weinstein did and still letting him make edits to female actresses scripts for movies that he's producing. Women that may have pushed away his advances. Women that may not fit his idea of what he wants in a woman in Hollywood. That is insane. Like why in pro wrestling is that okay? And why even beyond that is Ari Emanuel and Endeavor and 
emboldening him. He's going to have a title in this new TKO Holdings group that is above Dana White. It will go Ari and then like one other guy, Ari appointed. Mark Shapiro. Mark, Mark, yeah, Mark Shapiro and then Vince. Yeah. That is the order of power, and that is insane to me, right? And again, I know Harvey Weinstein went to jail, trial of his peer, or went to trial, trial of his peers, gone to prison, all of that. There is a litany of smoke to the fire that is Vince McMahon uh, over the past 30 years. And, and, and it's, the settlement speak volumes. There's something to be said about, like, Vince has a boss now. Like, that is that is the reality. Good. But will it matter? I'm not holding my breath. Dude, Dana White slapped his wife and then a week later launched a professional slap fighting league. <laughs> Has that been canceled yet? I gave up on Dude, he, well, I mean, canceled, quote unquote. But no, it is very much alive. Dana White, last I checked at like a press conference, was talking about how he's going to get another TV deal for this thing that is three times what the original UFC TV deal was. All right. We're not going to talk about this anymore. It's making me very, very depressed. It anyway, Vince was Vince was back. But Vince it's was... unavoidable because yeah. now anytime he so much as looks in the direction of backstage, we all go, oh, my God, Vince is back. It's like, yeah, it's not a good thing. No. And it's it's even if he's not there, he's still calling the shots again, guys. Yeah. Like, that, that, little, that little window of Triple H actually working with impunity, it's gone. I'm sorry. I, 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 I will say that the product – is still good, right? Like Monday Night Raw last night largely was a pretty good show. I don't know how you felt about it. This was so I cover Raw every week live. The very rare exceptions are typically when Raw is good. And uh, last night I was at a film screening and uh, it was one of the ones I had to miss. Man. And I, I walk back in, and it's like Vince was there. I'm like, oh, show must have sucked because I had to miss Raw after WrestleMania for a similar reason. Yeah. And uh, I heard that show. I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to watch that show ever. This one, it's like, nope, it was actually pretty solid. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was good, man. The Dominic Mysterio, Cody Rhodes stuff was good. I thought this was the strongest Bronson Reed has been presented in a while. Um, I don't love the Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler just dunking on people in kind of an MJF kind of heelish dick way, but whatever. Uh, I thought it was a largely pretty good show. I thought it was very, very good. And then this past Friday night on SmackDown, uh man, that WrestleNomics email I got. By the way, sign up for WrestleNomics. Go to their Patreon if you haven't. Promote Great them. People. Great people, Brandon Thurston. I got the email. Here, I gotta find it, man. I've never read. What is it here? The quarter hour. So, uh, they said the final quarter hour of SmackDown, averaging two point nine million viewers, is the highest total viewership for any quarter hour we have data for for any wrestling program going back to early 2022. If that doesn't tell you that pro wrestling is alive and well right now, I don't know what else does. Oh, it very much is. They're still not giving me Cody finishing his dang story, but <laughs> in the meantime, this hey, is fine. Hey, sign me up for Cody Dominic. It's a good distraction for me. I, I'm, I'm very tempted to not go to Detroit if it's not Cody Roman in the main event because I don't care who you – who I do not care who else you put in that main if it's Jimmy, if it's Jay, if it's Bobby, if it's AJ, I don't care. If it's not Cody, I, you can't sell me on the idea of Roman's losing. I, I think you're going to be sad. I, I, I know. Meltzer, I, I think Meltzer said that it's going to be Cody Brock three at SummerSlam. And that, to me, says Brock's going to cost Cody money in the bank. 
you know, and and then set up set up the rubber match. You you could have the intrigue of Cody wins Money in the Bank, has the match with Brock, and then just acknowledges like, hey, I could cash in after I beat you. Sure. That, well, that's, I, that's something. I don't know. He's, he, you know, I guess, right? As the Money in the Bank, oh, I finally fed it off the beast. I'm super strong. Again, I'm looking at that end of the year, man, because if they really want to run back Cody Roman, again, you're going to have to find a creative way to keep Cody busy here and compelling outside of that for quite a while man having those evp and it's, but it, it's yeah. already getting to the point of we're just spinning our wheels with him and that's yeah. a shame having having kenny in the bucks there would and really well, help it, him. it's not even that it's that <laughs> and i i wrote this long diatribe about it like a week and a half ago and there, I, yes i talk with my hands i am sorry um every everything that has happened since mania is improved if you if you change nothing else that's happened except the result of that mania match. Cody and Brock is more interesting because it's about the title. Roman is still having his his issues with the bloodline, and it's it loses nothing if he doesn't have the championship. In fact, he even gets to be more in denial and more gaslighting if he's like Jimmy and Jay. You're the reason I lost, and now I have to go fix your problem. And then I lost again, and it's still your fault. You guys keep messing up. And ever like someone pointed out, there was a photo of Jimmy and Roman from this past week's SmackDown, and they're like, "Take that belt that Roman's holding off." Does anything change about the drama of that situation? I'm like, not at all. It still works. I still want to see it. See, here's the thing, and this is going to sound insane, and I have no idea what the possibility of this would be. I have stood by the the uh, the idea that the only reason they kept this belt on Roman has to be because they want to do Roman Rock at some point. By the way. Roman has a brand new Universal Championship debuted on SmackDown. Do you like it? Do you like it's the mustard? Ugly. Po- it's, it's ugly. ugly. It's, yeah, ugly. it's mu- mustard yellow. It's it's it <sighs> doesn't look great on camera. I will like I have made plenty of jokes about the new World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it at least looks good in photos, and it looks better when there's good lighting on it. There's nothing saving the all all yellow championship. There's, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that one. So, you know, the thing for me is now probably maybe feels like a better time to insert Dwayne Johnson as the bloodline is crumbling to come in here, either save or put the nail in the coffin for this faction. Right. And he, but here's the problem with Roman rock was that that result, the result of that match is not in doubt if Roman is champion because rock's not going to hold the championship again. He's, <laughs> he's gone on record and been like, look, if I'm coming back, it's not for a title. So you go, you send me into WrestleMania 40. It's Roman rock. I know who's winning. What about Roman? But, but here's the thing: What about Roman Rock at SummerSlam? Right? You know they're going back to they're going back to Detroit. You could do all of the flashes to Hogan, Andre, back to Roman Rock. You know, again, now feels like a time where you could get Dwayne involved. It's a lot of chaos going on. There's a lot of storytelling going on. Pay it off there at at at, at SummerSlam, and then, yeah, maybe you open the door to now we can finally free Roman Reigns of this title. He has finally beat Roman Reigns, or he has finally beat The Rock. You know, where where can we go from here with Roman Reigns? I wouldn't hate it, but we also we're also at the mercy of one of the busiest men in Hollywood and his schedule and the yes. fact that he also tries to run the XFL. Like yes. this dude's just I legitimately think it's come down to the dude's busy. Uh, hey, well, look, he's very busy. Uh, and as to note on that, he announced this past week that he's returning to the Fast and Furious franchise. And have you watched all these movies? I have missed the last two. I've all seen right. all the other ones. So you haven't seen the Cena movie? I have not. 
I heard it was bad. I have not seen this one. I heard it was bad outside of Jason Momoa. Okay. I I get the vibe we're going to finally see Cena and, and The Rock on screen together. Right? All, all we need is to add in Big Dave, and we've got the trifecta. Although he'll never do it, because he actually wants to be in real movies. Yeah, I was about to say, Big Dave is like, I'm sorry, there's not enough sad... I'm doing a Holocaust film I'm right now. I'm too busy being in Dune, <laughs> yeah, which right. was great. Yeah, you guys you guys go do what, your thing. I'm going to win an Oscar well before both of you. Uh, that's he was shoot. great in Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if anybody saw that one, but he's in he, it for like five minutes, and he's awesome. He was. I liked him in... What was the end of the, the Knock at the Door movie? Knock at the yeah, Cabin? Uh, knock at the Cabin. I I hated the finish, <laughs> for what it's worth. If you, I'm not gonna give away. It didn't work for me, brother. You know. Hated the finish. Would have definitely done something different with that thing. Would have taken it home a little bit earlier. But uh, Big Dave was great. I thought it was one of the best roles he'd done. I enjoyed it. Shyamalan's a bad booker. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got it. He got that one good pay per view. He got Six Sense. Remember Six Sense '95? Man, what a, what a pay per view. <laughs> I think I, I don't think was I don't know what it was. It wasn't ninety five? I'm sure. No, maybe it, it was. It was like ninety eight. All right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> PW Insider is reporting that Carlito was spotted in Orlando last Thursday on unspecified WWE business. I hope he's back. I hope he's back too. I just don't know what you do with him beyond just go to the madhouse that is current NXT and just let him be. I don't know a Puerto Rican gangster or something. Like we got murderers and we got mafia and we got uh baron corbin for some god unknown reason like that that shows a madhouse right now throw him down there let him have fun dude i'd, ha- I'd bring him into the lwo and have him turn on ray personally i don't hate that either i wish i wish lwo would win more matches for me to care about that but you know maybe yeah, that's the thing is like they're kind of they're starting to feel just like there right you know i think they turn on ray i think they go the heel route i think it would work better for them i think it's kind of we've we've kind of worn out we, we've it gotten is. past the nostalgia pop of holy crap, it's back. And yeah. now we need to do something else with it. Yeah, the LWO should be a scary group of men that will kill you. Except Bad Bunny, because he'll be in he's still in the group technically. <laughs> they go after Bunny too. They can get it. That's fine. He can get it. Uh also, oh man, I so this story has generated more time on my timeline. I'm like engaging with people over this topic, and it is quite dumb to me. Um, so this past Friday on SmackDown, Lacey Evans comes out. Oh God. She I know, is, I know where you're going with this. She is dressed as Sergeant Slaughter. She's calling people maggots. Um, and then she went on to lose against Selena Vega, LWO after doing an in-ring talking segment. So, um, a lot of people immediately were like, Hey, that's a lot like Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Sergeant Slaughter's daughter, takes to Twitter and is like, what is this? How dare you, WWE? Lacey Evans fires back at the daughter. Then Slaughter gets involved, tells her to cool down. Evans goes far from cooling down, fires back at Slaughter, at one point noting that she's a real Marine, which is most likely a shot at Slaughter's uh, stolen valor. (laughs) They met at one point (laughs) in kayfabe, but in real life, uh, said he did two tours in Vietnam. Not true. Not true. Never did that. No. Yikes. I had to explain this to my wife yesterday, by the way. I was like, hey, Liz, I'm going to tell you about Sergeant Slaughter. Because at the end of this, so what happens here is everyone's like, oh, Lacey put Slaughter in his place. But also, she's she's got a lot of controversial opinions that people don't like. Not really worth time getting into. Do your own Googling. So do you do you root for Lacey or do you vote, vote root for Slaughter, who is stolen valor? Doesn't seem like anybody's really winning here. I said, 
I don't think they should have done this without Slaughter's approval, not because I think that Slaughter is some person who deserves like approval. It is just because if they don't have it and it's so obviously a Slaughter ripoff and then somebody goes to Slaughter and is like, wow, what an homage. How do you feel about it? He's like, this ain't it. I turned it down. And that's what WrestleVote said happened back in January. Slaughter turned down working with Lacey Evans for whatever reason. So there you go. That's the whole thing. What a mess. You know who I root for in this, Nick? I root for Zelina Vega because she beat Evans in two minutes. <laughs> she did, man. I just I saw it. <sighs> here's here's the thing. And, and I had folks in my in my Slack at work trying to root for Lacey. And I pointed out that she has been back since April of 2022 and has done F all Not with me. it. They have tried repackaging her. They've had her switch brands. She's been heel, face, heel, face. Doesn't win anything of any note of any value. I think she's been in 12 TV matches in the past year total, and she's lost most of them. And the ones she's won have been enhancement matches. She's a space filler. And they've they've tried emphasizing the military background. They've tried de-emphasizing the military background. They've tried making the fact that she has a military background a heel aspect to her. Like, they do not know what they're doing with her. I don't know. To get upset about this is like, guys, this is just one more gimmick that's that's going nowhere. It doesn't feel like Lacey kind of knows who she is either, right? Because she'll go on Twitter and she'll go on these rants and she'll get in fights with people and she'll get in fights with, you know, traffic people on video and be in full gimmick. And the cop is sitting there going, what the hell is this lady doing? And you're just like, does this amount to anything on TV? No, never does. So why do we care? Yeah, I mean, this will not lead to anything. People don't even know who Sergeant Slaughter's daughter's name is. Her name's Kelly. No one looked that up. And and here's the thing. Yeah, nobody. Not even me. Thank you. Uh, didn't care. But, hey, the official account responded. That's all I needed. Uh, but I, I think that if there's anybody that could be uh, in need of a run in NXT or some time down in NXT to find themselves again, maybe Lacey Evans right now. You know, it did work for Mandy Rose. It's unfortunate she didn't get to come back to the main roster. I think she would have been very, very popular. Um, I, I could see Lacey Evans taking some time, repackage herself, find her voice again. You know, they Steve Austin has said a million times the best wrestlers are the wrestlers turned up to 10 with their own personality. But you got to know what that personality is to turn it up to 10. And she doesn't seem to know what or who she is. And when you're in a room with creative people, you have to be able to advocate for yourself. And yeah. I, I kind of feel like she's just taking whatever they give her and is not executing it. Even Like some people can take whatever and make it gold. Not her. She's just kind of taking whatever doing it. That's and me. some of the things that we do know about who she is in real life, we'd rather not see on TV. So <laughs> talk about getting heat. Yeah. Um, well, um, maybe she could take her form of opinion to Twitch because WWE has announced a multi-year partnership with Twitch. It's going to see several stars return or debut on the platform. And they're going to do some kind of second screen experience uh, during Raw. This, this is news in the sense that it's formal in a press release, but Fightful wrote about this back in, I think it was April or May. Um, new deal. It's going to be a split between management, Twitch, and the talent. Bulk of the money going to the talent. WWE is going to get a small fraction. And there we go. Bob's your uncle. I'm happy for them. I'm good. This is a great way to build brands, build stars. Amen. I, I am too. Now, it mentioned in the press release that there would be some like side content with Raw each week. Did you check out if there was any of that last night? I did not. Okay. Yeah, it feels like the wrestling on Twitch boom was a couple of years ago and they 
it kind of got snuffed out when a bunch of people had to leave because of WWE's policy. So right. I feel like we're gonna take it's gonna take a minute to build all that back up. Yeah, House of Hardcore had a full on deal with yeah. with Twitch, and I was a part of one of those shows up in Milwaukee doing ring announcing, and I remember being told it was like one of the most streamed pieces of content like in the history of like the platform or something like there was a huge appetite for pro wrestling on twitch i used to only watch impact on twitch yeah back when that that was fine i was i was good with that now now it's yeah now it's just a thing all right last item here for all you lauren bobart fans you're either gonna be thrilled or very uh let down the daily beast source i very rarely reference if ever on this show uh confirmed that Pro wrestler, not WWE Hall of Famer, but Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer, Stan Lane is still not Lauren Boebert's biological father. Now, the story goes, I'm going to tell this from memory the best I can, Boebert's mother had a fling with Stan Lane in the 80s and then said, you are my daughter's father. He took a blood test, came out negative. But the lab technician who did the blood test in a separate instance pled guilty to taking a bribe to switching the blood samples or paternity samples of a football player, an NFL player who was trying to get out of their paternity. So because there was a crooked lab technician, Lauren Boebert's mom's like, nah, you're not off the hook. You got to come back and do it again. So last month, after like 30 years, Stan Lane goes back into a doctor's office, technician's office, gets another paternity test. This one from a non-crooked lab technician comes out negative. He is not the father of Lauren, Bur- Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert has acknowledged he is not his father, and they all hope that this has been put to rest. What a mess. I was so confused why this headline kept popping up. <laughs> it's like, Stan Lane, not Lauren Boebert's father. I'm like, what BS Mad Libs crap is this? Dude, there's actual substance to it. I didn't want to, because my wife showed it to me, and I was like, yeah, that's like tabloid, whatever. And then I like looked into it, and I was like, no, there's like actual politicians and doctors and lab technicians involved. This is a, this is a real story, unfortunately, you know? What and it's world. like, I, I, I outright was just like, I'm not writing about this because I don't need Lauren Boebert's name in a headline anywhere around my name. So I'm good. Hey, whatever. And, uh, yeah. So congratulations. You're not the father, Stan. <laughs> Let's get Maury Povich out here, you know? No kidding. All right, everybody. Well, that brings us to the end of the show here today. Come on back on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Cameron Hawkins, better known as Seahawk, over on Twitter. He does great work over at The Ringer as well. Some of my favorite work in the past couple of years has been Seahawks work. I don't know, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Oh, I love his stuff. And I, I love the ongoing list. I don't know if you've followed you've seen his tweets recently where it's like, we have the ongoing list of if you're not a wrestling fan, if blanket. We and might- it's some of the stupidest stuff. We might go full Chris Jericho, have him stand and read all of his thousand and two reasons that he is not a wrestling fan to everybody. Number four, armbar. Man. Uh, Also, on Friday, I have booked a big interview. I'm going to let everybody be surprised by it. Last Friday, I left everybody with Kevin Von Erich. This one's going to be bigger, better. I promise you. Subscribe to House of Wrestling on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Leave a review. Uh, Also, tomorrow, I'm going to be releasing the full audio from my Inside the Ropes conversation with the Blue Meanie. Uh, so go check that out on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. And of course, please go to House of Wrestling, H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Again, everything we talked about here today on the show, I've written up uh, over on the site. And I'll be writing up stuff today and tomorrow ahead of Thursday's show here on Premier Streaming Network. So go check it out. Connor, what do you want to plug, put up, pr- plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up today? 
Well, you can follow me on Twitter over at ConnorCaseyCB. You can find all of my work over at ComicBook.com. And we've got so much more than just wrestling over there. All things geek culture is covered over at ComicBook, whether it's movies, TV, anime, gaming, Power Rangers, board games, the MCU, the DCEU. We got it, and we got it in spades. Uh, You can find me every Friday in the studio in beautiful downtown Nashville over at the Comic Book Nation podcast. That's on Twitch and wherever you find podcasts. And uh, yeah, all my you can just uh, keep on checking out some of the work we've got cooking up this summer. Uh, as we've hinted at on on this show, it's it's gonna be a pretty busy, busy few months. So stay tuned for all that. Thank you, Connor. All right, everybody, that's the end of the show. Please feel free to take whatever you want off the table. Grab your shoes, grab your hat, grab your coat, get out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.